Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Happy. Oh, that was loud. Hey, what's going on? I like to be understated on Mondays. But uh, you do. But what? Happy what? Happy Monday. Oh, okay. I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, what's going on? Week 10 is almost in the books. All we have left is Bengals Giants, and it should be a good one. It should be. I'm, I'm, I'm really am. I'm legitimately excited about this. I mean, we have a chance here to go three primetime games in a row of, like, good football. Let's talk about those primetime games. Cowboys-Steelers was awesome. Patriots-Seahawks was awesome. I thought you were talking about Thursday night, Browns-Ravens. <laughs> Negative, Ghost Rider. <laughs> the NFL needs to get the F. They, hey, can I say it? They need to get the F rid of Thursday night football. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I've had enough of it. I love football. I'm obsessed with it. And Thursday night football is stupid. Does it feel like a chore for you to watch it? No, it's not a chore. I actually enjoy it because Friday is my Saturday, right? So the kids are, everything's a school night. And I do get to sit there and watch it in peace. But I do think the quality of play and I think the physicality of a Thursday night game lacks as well. Oh, you're going to die? Are you choking? I'm burping on Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starving. It's uh, 5.15, and I haven't eaten lunch yet. Um, let, I want to talk about Dallas-Pittsburgh first. I think Dallas is the best team in the NFL. Wow, he's going strong. Look at this crap. After D- Dallas won a shootout, which I didn't think they were capable of. Uh-huh. From I don't think they're the best team. I, think I know. No, I mean, I think the Patriots are the best team, but I think Dallas is a tough matchup for anybody. And I looked at some of their rankings. I was curious how it relates to the Patriots. They're number one in time of possession. The Patriots are seventeenth. They're fourth in points per game. The Patriots are sixth. They're fourth in third down efficiency. The Patriots are second, which I think is such an like an important statistic. It is. They're. Defense is 12th, the Patriots is 16th, and the Patriots have not played many good quarterbacks. Right. They're 21st versus the pass, they're third versus the run, and only eight teams have less takeaways than them. Right. This is the reason why I really like the Cowboys. They only have 10 takeaways. There are certain teams like the Vikings that, that have so many takeaways, and they've only given it away, the Cowboys, seven times. Yes. So I look at them and go, they're... Oh. I hate all of my friends and family. That was my brother, Jason. Congratulations. You made the podcast. Uh, I just, I look at them and go, there is no fluky reason they're doing this. No. It is simply that they can pound anyone. And when you look at someone like Zeke, who turns like a two score deficit into all the momentum in the world going your way, I, I. I think they can beat anybody, and I think they will beat everybody. And I know that you said the Falcons are the team that scares you in the NFC. Yeah. I'm not afraid of them anymore. The Eagles just ran all. If the Cowboys get home field advantage, which right. it looks like they will, mm-hmm. Atlanta will have a big problem down there. I, I mean, listen, I, if you made me bet on that game, I still think it's going to be extremely close. Just like you just said, 
It's 21st in pass defense. This is a passing NFL. If they have to play a team like Atlanta, I mean, I, I think you're forgetting, too, yesterday, like... The Steelers stink? Well, the Steelers stink, and, I mean, they had their best offensive game of the year on the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he was 37 for 46 for 408 yards. Yeah. Um, so I, I do get concerned about that, but your point's valid. I mean, I get it. They are the best team in the NFC right now. There's no denying that. Yeah. They got all the, the things you want. But we, I, I think it's plays like the, like those kind of the, the 21st pass events, the fact that they don't really get turnovers. I just feel like when you get to like week 17 and the playoff games, like those are the things that make you win a football game against teams that are evenly matched. So that's where it gets interesting. I, I imagine a lot of people are going to be going, what about the Seahawks? They're the best team in the NFC. I know that our own Mike Tanier put them as the number one team in the NFL after beating the Patriots on Sunday night football. You're still on the slow your roll about Seattle. Well, I, I am. We, we went through this all last year, too, at the end of the year. They're the best team in football. Oh, yeah? Well, you had a, Blair Walsh missed a five-foot field goal, and you lost the wild card game. And then you got whooped by Carolina, made a ferocious comeback. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not sold on Seattle. I don't think anything changes my opinion about last night other than that if their offensive line could get a little bit better and, and Russell Procise is a legitimate no doubt weapon. and the biggest thing is just Russell Wilson has to stay healthy I mean again I mean Russell Wilson is the reason they won that game plain and simple great throws into man-to-man coverage mm. great job running around like Aaron Rodgers and waiting for people to come over I just I look at that team and I look at CJ Procise Jimmy Graham Doug Baldwin Russell Wilson and go you know what they're not in the 24-point club, the Falcons, Chargers, all that, but they could hang with those teams if they have those three weapons with Wilson. I know I'm rooting for Cowboys-Seahawks NFC Championship oh. game. Oh, and then Romo has to like, play because of a DAC injury. I don't want to see Romo, that. And then Romo gets <laughs> retribution. Get over this? And then Romo gets retribution for the snap. Great. From all those years ago. Or how about Cliff Averill broke his back before the year started? God, Maybe that's retribution. it'd be amazing. Yeah, that wouldn't be amazing. No, I don't care about this. You love this Romo story. Yeah, it's They me. were down 12 nothing yesterday, and he was like, see, this is when you put in Tony Romo. This is when he can run around and dip and throw, and he'll bring you back. And then literally <laughs> nine seconds later. It was like screen, 85 yards, got <laughs> Is there any other NFC title game that I should be excited to see other than Cowboys-Seahawks? Atlanta-Dallas and Atlanta-Seattle would be good, I too. I think you're. I, th- I think really going to say the Eagles. Yes, against the, who? Dallas would be great. Yeah, but that that won't be the NFC Championship game. Why? Is there rules? I don't. Know, can, is it possible for division for two people? NFC teams to play each other? In the no, two NFC game? East teams. I mean, didn't we just see the Seahawks and 49ers play each other in the NFC Championship I don't game? Remember that. Yeah, you remember. <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> Even them against the the Redskins would be fun. I mean, there there's no team they're just going to dominate. I said this earlier. If you made me bet in Vegas for an NFC team to make it to the Super Bowl, my long shot team would be Washington. And I bet you you'd get fantastic odds. They are so the too. most annoying team. They their their passing offense is very complex. I think they can and they can run with whoever they put out there. They've been Kelly, they got it going now. Jones, whoever they put out there, it's moving. And I always feel like they get the important sack at the end of the game. Um, and Minnesota continues to just fade away. Man, fade is. away. Um, so you still have Dallas over Seattle. I do. Do you have? Where do you have Atlanta? Under those two? Yeah, I think Atlanta. I would probably have Atlanta somewhere, you know, around the Philly range. Like in my power rankings, I'd have to look to be exactly sure. But like, I got like Atlanta. I think around like eight. So explain this to me. Well, wait first. 
how much of a knock was that on Atlanta yesterday? Uh, I don't know necessarily it was a knock. I mean, th- this is like, let's not be too week to week. Let's not be that podcast. That's what I'm asking you know, for. You know, no, I know, give me, I know give you're some, not. I'm just saying well, Give me some us. perspective. Because what, what we saw yesterday is that a team can really run on Atlanta. Yes. And if you do that, you keep the offense off the field. It right. takes them a little get to be, get, bit to get clicking. Right. But watching that game, second or third quarter, Atlanta really dominated the second and third quarter. Yes. And then when Wentz needed a drive, he got a drive to get it going. Yeah. So when I think about Dallas, they can run the ball. Seattle, maybe with C.J. Procise can get going. Yeah. But – I, I I don't know. That that looked like a big knock, and you said to me today it's because it, the Eagles' offensive line is so big. Yes, it's got, they got a great advantage there, especially against a team like Atlanta. That's a little, you know, again, a poor man Seattle version where, they, version where it's just all about speed. Uh, uh, let's slant the line this way, cause chaos, and then let our athletic linebackers make the tackle for a no-yard gain. Mm. Uh, and and that, that's fine and dandy, but... When you got guys like, you know, your center, Kelsey and Peters and Brandon Brooks at right guard, who's like uh, 30 pounds bigger at least than anybody on Atlanta's defensive line. Yeah, it wears on you. And especially in a game like that where you guys kind of had the lead early, you could continue to kind of stay patient with the run. Yes. And it wore them out eventually. And to get back to my power rankings, I got you guys nine. I have the Redskins eight Mm. and I have the Falcons seven. I got the Broncos six, Seahawks five. Chiefs four, Raiders three, Cowboys two, Patriots one. Mm. Like, I'm not going to sit here and just go, oh, well, the Seahawks, man, they beat the Buffalo Bills in yeah. a nail-biter and then went to New England and just go, oh, they're definitely better than the Chiefs or the Raiders. Like, they're, they're, if they had to play the Chiefs or the Raiders, they're going to have a hard time beating them. It's going to be a very close game. I actually got tweeted at by our guy Seahawks Scout. He sent me four tweets asking a question. Yes. He said, you put Seattle in your guaranteed to lose list, which I understand against New England off a of bye in Foxborough. But after the crazy-ass wins you've seen Seattle pull off since Wilson was drafted, how can you put them in that category? Not trying to give you crap or anything. I'm just curious if your mindset will change moving forward. Uh, is that, that's our man Bajan, right? No, this no. is Seahawks Scout. Oh, Seahawks Scout. Like sorry, sorry. Seahawks Scout, though. Long-time podcast listener. Yeah, he is. He's the man. Uh, uh, listen, it, guaranteed to lose is hard sometimes, and last week was a hard week to find five teams where I would just say, okay, they're guaranteed to lose. Like, right. So I went with New England at home. I thought the game would be. Sometimes guaranteed to lose should be called guaranteed to win. And Why? Because you were betting more on the Patriots yes, as exactly a winner right. than saying Seattle will lose this game. No doubt about it. Exactly right. I just thought that up in New England, it would be a close game. I really thought that game would play out a little like we were talking earlier, like in the second half. In the second half, third quarter, I kept going, all right, here we go. Here comes They New can't stop New England yes. now. New England's moving the ball up and down the field. It's been close, but New England will finally go up by 10 and make life really hard on them, and that didn't happen. It was so ironic the Patriots were down there on the right. Wing, and I went, they're going to have to throw on third right. down. And I thought for a second, Belichick, run the same play that Seattle ran against you. I'm not even joking. I, I thought it both times. I thought when Seattle got down there the first time, I go, is Daryl Bevel going to run the same play oh. to like a different formation? Be like, see, it was the right play. But oh, oh, <laughs> I was sitting there going, he's going to run it four times in a row. There's no way that <laughs> right. he's going to throw it. But I went, Belichick would be a, a sick, sick little f- and do that and throw the ball. They're, they're, they're uh, two of my favorite teams to watch. I love that game. I said, in fact, I liked watching that game more than Cowboys-Steelers. 
I think it was just better quality football. I think there are better coached football teams in general, both teams together. And I cannot believe that Pete Carroll is the oldest coach in the NFL. Right. And One, he does that not guy look has the more oldest. Life in Maybe him the most energetic as like, well. Like, I'm going to say this. How is Jim Caldwell younger than Pete Carroll? Right. Jim Caldwell is the personification of old man. <laughs> and Pete Carroll's over there going... <laughs> yeah, chewing his gum. It's like, geez, you're like an eight-year-old. Yeah. He's going to live until he's 200. And, and I, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's some great respect between the Patriots and the Seahawks. There is. There is great respect. I think the, the front office of the Patriots really respects what the Seahawks have done. Yes. Vice versa. And you can even tell after the game, the way Pete and Bill kind of embraced each other and yes. walked off the field. Yes. There's a relationship well, there. Bill, Bill respects Pete. Remember this, too. That book that I talked about with Ryan Holiday or whatever right. was in the Seahawks, and then it got to Mike Lombardi, who's with the Patriots. So they both subscribe to very similar notions yes. about how they operate. Yes. Uh, we were talking about the Pete Eagles. Pete Carroll, though, just uh, yeah. sorry. I mean, like, no one ever says this, but, like, should be talked about as one of the greatest football coaches of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Of I all mean, time. Of all time. I really? mean, he won two national championships and yes. split another one, a third. Yes. And he won a Super Bowl. And he was a second away from winning another Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, I know Bill, Bill Belichick's the greatest, but, like, we talk about, like, Nick Saban is the next he, great coach so in America. The, and he needs to be in that conversation, and here's too. here's the difference. Belichick gets into a dark room and he's the mad scientist and because he's not personable it adds to the lore yes you're right carroll has been so accessible that it's like he's just happy to be here where if pete carroll was a curmudgeon we like to anoint curmudgeons i think more than we like to anoint accessible people you're right i think it's a very valid like popovich he's kind of got the curmudgeon thing and we go oh he's just like bill belichick this is great and i'm trying to think who's a very good basketball coach that's almost too likable a good basketball coach? Well, I, I would say that... Steve Kerr seems like players and people love him a lot. Steve Kerr will be one of those guys. He'll have, unfortunately, the Phil Jackson treatment where it's like, yeah, he but he always had players. those good guys. Right. I would say it's a little bit like Van Gundy, where Van Gundy's so like affable and likable, and you're like, yeah, you, you just, you'd be happier in the booth. He's like, no, no, I, I enjoy coaching, <laughs> but he's, he's too good of a people person. The Eagles, I did some stats, because I don't understand how they're now... Um, undefeated at home and are destroying people and I'm beating the Vikings at home, the Steelers at home, the Falcons at home. Away from home, if you round up to the nearest whole number, the average score is 24 to 24. If you round up the home score, they're beating people by average score of 27 to 10. Mm. So they're, aver- they're allowing 9.5 points per game. Why can a team like this be so much better at home than the road? Because yeah. it can't just be the fans. Take me into the mindset of how this is a thing. It, it, it is, it's, it's something that kind of feeds on itself. I mean, there's no, like, direct answer I can give to you here. The, the one thing I'll say is, like, uh, first of all, you have great pride in your home. It's kind of beat into your head all offseason. And then even in the training camp where, you know, that they might take you on a random Wednesday of training camp and go, we're going to go practice in the stadium because mm. this is our stadium. We're going to be used to it. We have the home field advantage. We're not going to lose at home. All those things are said, cheesy as they may be. Yeah. They really are said all year long. I, I think the other thing, too, of course, uh, comfort level has something to do with it. I mean, the fact that on a Saturday before a game, man, I could get done with the Saturday walkthrough, go home, Call the wife, say, hey, I'm on the way home. Get me burger on the grill going, and I can sit down and watch some college football and have my notes for the week and things like that and just relax and be in my element 
that plays great pride into it. But then once you get it rolling and win a few games, you really do become like protectful of it. I, I know we had this at Texas. I actually never lost a home game at Texas. And I took great pride in it when I was there. Mm. And I, I know my teammates did too. We were like, no, you know, we might have lost to Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl and lost a few big games here but and we there. We never lost to But home. we were like, we're not going to let people come down to Austin and ruin our weekend home because I want to go to 6th Street yes. and I want to drink and I want to hit on girls. Yeah, so there's motivation. We'd have fun like that. Um, I have. A, I just realized I have a bunch of stuff to get to. <laughs> Josh liked that. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to go kind of rapid fire here. Yeah. Your thought on the Steelers always going for two. Uh, I hate it. It's stupid. Uh, I think it's careless. You know, it's one thing if you're like you're the most unstoppable offense in football, but they're not that right now, and they have not been hitting on all cylinders, and every point counts when you're the Steelers, yes. and their defense stinks. It didn't used to because they used to be able to put up 45 exactly. whenever they wanted. Right. And I think I think this goes back to what I've been complaining about with Tomlin all year. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's careless. I don't think he's a very detailed guy, and I think he kind of looks up at the end of the game and goes, now I'm going to make a decision. Yeah. The best coaches do what they need to do the entire time. One more thing with the Steelers that kind of drives me a little crazy when I watch them on film, and I've written this in my notes, is they're stuck in between defensive systems. That's the other thing that drives me crazy a little. Are you a 3-4 team, or are you a Mike Tomlin 4-3 Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm. type defense? Because Do you th think Tomlin's meddling more? I think I, last year I think he started, but their D coordinator, Keith Butler there, yeah. he's an old Blitzburg Dick yeah. LeBeau guy. Yeah. And I really think that's part of the issue, too. They're trying to kind of do both, and I, I just don't think you can do Which that. Which one are they better at? Uh, I think they're more built to be the actual 4-3 team right now. Mm. They don't have enough big people they don't have to be a 3-4. Uh, you said during yesterday's Denver-New Orleans game that in this drive, Simeon's career is on the line. If it doesn't work out here with a bye next week, bring in Paxton. Yeah. They win, but not because of Trevor Simeon, right. who plays after the bye for the Broncos. Trevor Simeon, and I didn't really mean that necessarily because of Trevor Simeon. What I meant it more than anything is I thought the writing was on the wall last week. There was a lot of articles. That mm. doesn't just come from nowhere. Yes. That's somebody inside of Denver saying, we're not happy. Did you hear Gary Kubiak at halftime? Mm -mm. I mean, Simeon was getting lambasted all over the place. Uh, he, he just got to do more. He's got to do more. So they've already placed blame on it's him. It's already in their head. It's already in their head. So who do you think is playing after the I bye? think it's still Trevor Simeon. Okay. They're the second best record in football. I mean, uh, or the third, right? Yeah. Other than New England and Dallas, they're 7-3. and three. Oh, no. uh, So he was. they were not good. No, they were not good. He gets hit way too much. You and I know, both know the offensive system stinks. Yeah. And they really, for the most part of the year, have not had a consistent run game. And the Broncos stepped out of bounds. I, I mean, yes, he did, but we don't know it for sure. I said this earlier. If I'm Bill Belichick or if I'm any coach, I am making it mandatory from now on that all of my players wear white cleats. If, if white cleats are what's going to prevent you from not knowing if I'm out of bounds, don't this helps with catches, with runs. Let's wear white cleats the whole time. Sorry, guys. Take your cleats. Wear your cool cleats before the game. We're wearing white cleats the And then the, the NFL the bans white cleats and says everybody needs to wear white but, yeah. but, but, but I still don't think you they would be should able put to. A, they should put like a, like a bright red line on the, the edge. Of the the edge. To the, if the red line disappears. Or as Dean That's Blaine, a good idea because it's I not don't. A bad idea. That's a good one. I don't like the cleat thing and all that. First of all, yesterday, like I, it is amazing. They only had two angles. David in the shot. Johnson was another one too. But that I I don't know for sure if he was out and if he was wearing yellow cleats. If he was wearing I don't know if aqua shown. cleats, yeah. it still wouldn't have shown. I don't. Think. Uh, I have a few more quick ones. Um, what kind of contract has Kirk Cousins earned thus far? Because oh. he's playing very well. I mean, there there's 
when you just said that, two people came to my mind. First of all, Alex Matthew Smith. Stafford. Cha-ching! Because Matthew Stafford's about to be the richest quarterback in football, Which I is, would bet. I don't think he should be. No, but he should be probably in the top five. I, I have no problem with that. I'm really? He's a top ten guy. Matthew Stafford? I, I'm going to say this about Matt Stafford. I think he's incredible. I think he has amazing arm talent. He can throw from every angle. And maybe it's the system. Maybe it's the system. I don't know if it's the system asking him to be that horizontal. I just I Adam, there's nobody that wants to throw the ball down the I'm trying to play devil's advocate. I could never do these T V (laughs) shows where they just argue the other side when they don't believe it. But Kirk Cousins is gonna get paid. Big time. And and which you'd invest long term in Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it's the it's over. My thing is when I look at other quarterback play and I see the scary sights of the Blake Bortles and Osweiler and that game Mm -hmm. and I go, Kirk Cousins is going to deliver, he's worth a long term contract. He is. And he's working well with Gruden and wouldn't be shocked if he got it before the year's over, really. I really wouldn't. Um Todd Gurley, tell me what you said. I'm just not impressed with Todd Gurley. You went back and you watched the Jets. I watched the film, Jets game. Yeah, this morning. and a lot. Of, he is the easiest person to make excuses for. I, uh, you're right. Nobody wants to really say it. That's what I came to the determination. Like, you know, I've written it a few times in my notebook over the last few weeks. I've come out to the NFL table and said things like, "Yeah, I'm just not impressed with Todd Gurley." Listen, I. I I know I might sound like a hater or whatever, but I, I was he wasn't my favorite running back coming out that year. He was not. I thought the holes were gigantic, and all he did was run straight, and he never got touched. He's been the second-best running back on that team. Benny Cunningham's been better than him. He popped off the screen yesterday. Benny Cunningham can make things happen when nothing's there. Todd Gurley has vision problems. If the hole is not where they said it was on the playbook, Todd Gurley – Literally needs like a directional map to go. Oh no, it's not there. It's there over here. Okay, I'll this run is there. what you said about him when he was coming out of Georgia. What did I say? No, you, you oh, used I to show that. holes, and you go, "There's the hole right here," and he's not taking it. He's still picking up 15, but he could have had eight. It was really apparent to me yesterday because he actually had a few times where he got to the hole, but he got there so late that he only got like six yards, and it was a chance to go. Damn, you could have got 70 right there. Do you think the coaching staff is seeing what you're seeing? I think so. I do. I, Benny Cunningham was in the game at a lot of crucial points yesterday. They got down inside the 10 once, first and goal from the 8, and they kept Bunny, Benny Cunningham in there. They got the first and goal in the 1. They kept Bunny, Benny Cunningham in there. Dude, Bunny Cunningham. Bunny Cunningham is a great guy. Uh, I do. I think they have to be a little concerned. That's really interesting. Gurley does nothing side to side, and honestly, when I just watch him right now, I go, he's not really running all that physically hard. Maybe he's, maybe he's a hair banged up. Maybe he's just not feeling it right now because he doesn't ever get too many holes. Yeah, that bet I made with that Hooters guy, whew, looking good. It is looking good. I made a bet with, like, the VP of Hooters that he'd have less than 1,300 yards, and the, the guy was, like, a, a Georgia fan. And I was like, all right, if I win, I want, like, one of those lifetime Hooters credit cards. Yeah, he was like, I'll see I what I can that? do. I like, I like that because of, you know, I was more of the Melvin Gordon guy. So That's what I'm saying. Well, that's I why I asked like you that. last I week know. if you felt vindicated. You know the other one I like that I'm vindicated from that draft that I really like? Is my Vic Beasley, because I was I think you remember you I was one very of the first on one Vic. on Vic yes. Beasley. I said I thought he was a top ten talent, and man, he was real average as a rookie. But what he had another two sacks yesterday. Yeah, I think I mean and he's D up Ford. there. D Ford. D Ford was man. another guy you were really high on. I was. Uh, you were not that high on Marcus Smith, and I really wish you were. Uh, <laughs> Rivas saying he's old is not news. Alshon Jeffrey being suspended four games for PED is news. Shit. First of all, Rivas is old. 
We knew that. We've said this on the show oh so many times. Oh, my gosh. Kenny Britt abused him yesterday. Yeah. They were all on Revis. I didn't realize it. It's 105 yards on Revis. What do you say when someone gets suspended for PEDs? Do you just go, that sucks? Or do you question everything that he's built? I don't question everything that he's built. I have a hard time thinking Alshon Jeffrey took, like, Alshon Jeffrey, first of all. Is naturally enormous. Exactly. I, he's not the kind of guy, and he's not naturally, like, ripped or jacked up. So yeah. I, I would think he took something like Adderall. Or maybe something that tried to help him. What was he dealing with the injury early in the year? Was it a hamstring? Oh, yeah. So that would be the things that jump out to me. Alshon Jeffries, first of all, just doesn't look like a weight room guy to me, a guy that's be, like, obsessed with it. Yes. Uh, and that's what I hate. I wish the NFL would say exactly what they tested positive for. One, mm. because if they did take perform real performance-enhancing drugs – Embarrass them. They need to be embarrassed. But the yeah. public should be able to pass pu- judgment. Right. About. So, right, like if Trent Williams got busted for marijuana, and then there was the secondary guy that got uh, recently that got busted for Adderall, and then there was another guy that gets busted maybe for steroids, I'm going to have a much different reaction to all of those things. Exactly. But if they're all called PEDs, I'm all assu- I'm assuming that all of them did steroids, and that's not the I truth. I know. Well, the marijuana thing is going to be substance abuse, but the other two, you're right. Oh, you're right. You're right. The ADD, you know, the a- Adderall with the with the is a PED, and that's I, you know, that's not a PED. Yeah, I mean, uh, guys in the NFL are taking exactly. Adderall because they want to stay awake for morning. I want to end with one thing, and then I have a Twitter question. But we'll do the Twitter question first. All right, so the Twitter question at uh, Philip Smyer at Peace Meyer. He says, "Do you think the end of the McCarthy era in Green Bay is here, and should they target Josh McDaniels for the job?" Oh, right. I would our, say yes and yes. Yeah, right, right. I mean, we talked about this earlier today. Yeah. Uh, first of all. Uh, go onto our Bleacher Report Facebook page if you want to see my rant, rant. Sixty seconds rant. It's over for Tom McCarthy. I mean Tom McCarthy, <laughs> Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Tom McCarthy actually does play by play for the Phillies and right. occasionally calls games. With I, I've done it with him, right? Mike, uh, it is over for Mike McCarthy. I believe. First of all, their schedule is tough down the stretch here, so I do think they're going to fall apart, and miss the playoffs. And Ted Thompson needs to go. They need a regime change. Would love if Josh McDaniels went there. That would be the best unbe- thing ever for Aaron Rodgers. Oh my gosh! I mean, I, you know, you know it, they should try and hire Reggie McKenzie back. Man, you got Aaron Rodgers and Josh McDaniels system. You won't like need to revamp. Like even with that average talent they have, yeah, the system will make them better, and they could do more with it. The him or Kyle Shanahan. That's what I want to see up there. That would be pretty good. It would be. I mean. If you got Kyle, though, they needed really healthy Jordy Nelson to be the guy he was, or they'd have to go out and get a weapon. Head coach Kyle Shanahan with quarterbacks coach Chris Sims. Is Green Bay, <laughs> I I'm, I'm imagine the answer is yes, is Green Bay a job that could pull anybody? Uh, yes, I do believe it is. Could they pull a Saban, an Urban Meyer? Ooh, with Aaron John- Rodgers there? A Harbaugh? Yes. I Harbaugh do. to Green Bay? I think anybody will listen to Green Bay for one, and then when you have Aaron Rodgers there, it just makes it even bigger. The second question is, is we've seen Aaron Rodgers clash with with some people. He is the quarterback. He knows he's the best. Mm-hmm. Which guy do you think would work best with him other than Josh? Because Josh, I feel like, is going to get in there and he's going to be reformed for what happened in Denver, and it's the system itself speaks for yeah, Josh. And, you know, Harbaugh, I don't see working well with Rodgers. I'm not sure either, and I don't think you know Harbaugh is. It's going to be a worse, more boring system than it is now. You don't want. I don't want that. I mean, yeah. Harbaugh is a good head coach. Yes, but he's not going to really bring. You anything. want an offensive guy? Yes, let's do it. You got Don Capers. You got the guy. You just need an offensive head coach 
that can give Aaron Rodgers a chance because he can almost do it himself every week. Mm. So just give him a little help. Him and Josh would be great. Him and jo- him and Kyle would be great. Yeah. They would be amazing because they're direct people, and I think he could handle that, and he would appreciate it. I think that's what he wants. Yeah, I He agree. just wants someone to tell him the truth right. and not be afraid. I mean, you go back to his reasons he was upset with the 49ers. Right. He felt like they deceived him. Yes. He just wants to be told the truth, yes. too. Um, I'm going to end with this. One thing that upset a lot of people about the election was the fact that Hillary won the popular vote and Donald Trump won the Electoral College. I understand the need for the Electoral College in actual politics. If there was none, New York and California would would vote and they run the country. And I've lived in Nebraska. I've lived in Kentucky. Those states need to have something. We have an Electoral College in the NFL and it's not necessary and we need to get rid of it. Divisions in the playoffs do not matter. They need to stop. I know that you say the whole thing about winning the division is important, but I look right now and see that if the playoffs started today, <laughs> Houston and Baltimore would get home games against Oakland and Denver. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. I, fine, if you win the division, you get in, but then you get reseeded down to five and six. This whole notion, because we talked about it yesterday, there's going to be a seven-win team in the NFC that gets into the playoffs, Probably. and there's going to be three NFC East teams with nine wins. Yeah. And it's we, the reason divisions was important was so that everyone can feel like their team has a chance, and that every division. First of all, the divisions aren't even regional. Dallas and New York are not close to each other. Okay, they're just not. And and I get into this and I go, I want to see it's a national sport. People care more about fantasy than they do their own teams anymore. Give me the six you want to help your product, give me the eight best teams. I don't need the six best, te- the seven best teams and a team from the NFC South. It's not important to me. And I'm just, so I'm, you just want to open it up conferences, AFC, NFC and just rank them. If you want to do divisions and you still play two games a year and you keep those rivalry games, fine. But when it comes for the playoffs, it's a conference. Yeah. Keep the divisions for that and you can compare. I'm still going to talk shit to the Giants fans in the office. I, I disagree. I know you do. I know. I mean, I just do because I think you could have years where, like, uh, I, don't, I, I don't even know how to put it. You know, what if it was a year where, like, the NFC East, like, this little this year, they're good. The NFC East is good, top to bottom, all four teams. Yeah. They're going to beat each other up. They could, one of those teams, just to say in the end of the year, let's say the division winner is like the Dallas Cowboys and they went on a losing streak and they end up like 9-7. and seven. But meanwhile, uh, let's just say Atlanta playing in the horrible South goes 13-3. and three. Are they really that much better? No, they got lucky to play a crappy NFC South and the Cowboys had to play the Giants and all these other teams that were really good. So that's why I would say you have to give the division – a little credence to me mm. because there's going to be years. I think this is going to be a really bad year So for that. I think we're going to look at the playoff schedule this year and go, that shouldn't be happening. Like, I'm looking at the AFC South right now, and it's just garbage. Well, it's going to be, I think Brock it's Brock Osweiler threw for 99 yards. Yes. And barely beat the Jacksonville. Uh, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I, I think when it's all said and done there, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see if Houston can hold on because right now Tennessee Titans are coming. Yeah. They are coming. Uh, listen, I like it. I, will, I don't care. I like it. Let's see. The I, Detroit Lions currently are in the playoffs at a 5-4 and four clip. Right. Okay. So you got a problem with that? I uh, just, you know. I, I think when all said and done, I think there's going to be some better teams on the outside looking in. Yeah, but but Philadelphia's five and four. 
Oh yeah, right right now it doesn't okay. make sense. Okay. I'm just saying as you look down the line. Yeah, it, 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 this could be one of those years. It certainly can be. Uh, it's going to be interesting to Divisions, see. Divisions, the electoral college of the NFL. But it's going to be cr- the AFC is what's going to be really crazy. You could, you're right. I mean, you could have a five and six seed that are like twelve and four going yeah. on the road to play like eight and eight Houston Texans or it's you know unreal. the nine and seven Tennessee Titans. I, I, you know, listen, adversity. I like all that too. I like to see some of these good teams have to go on the road and yeah. I mean, the true thing is, is it's something that we bitch and moan about from Monday to Saturday, and when the game starts on Sunday, you really don't give yeah, a crap. You really don't. But in the meantime, I'm going to bitch about it. Good. Uh, this was a much longer Monday show than we anticipated, but it was a lot of fun. Sims, thanks for wearing your suit. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, say goodbye to the people. Peace out, homies. Fendrick. Good night, everybody. Fendrick brought it today. Yeah, he was oof, Man. colorful. Fiery. Love you guys very much. We will see you on Thursday. Uh, have a great week and enjoy the football tonight. Who are you picking tonight? Giants 17 to 14. And I'm taking the Bengals. I'm going to go Bengals 24-17. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. See you.